When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we have our favorite guest back again this week, Matt McChesney. Uh, you guys, we'll, we'll do the introduction we always do. We played in the NFL, played for the Buffs, uh, trains all sorts of different football players at all sorts of different levels, including the top levels. Um, how's, how's it going, Matt? How'd the bye week treat yeah, man, you? How are you? I'm, uh, I'm not bad, you know. I, I'm not happy about... Mm-hmm. where we sit at the moment but i'm very optimistic that this saturday they're going to figure their shit out and it's going to be a I, I would not be surprised at all if the if they explode this weekend score a lot of points and are, are and look like a, the college football team we thought they would be i would not be surprised at all yep i, I think it was a good time for a bye week getting a chance i mean obviously for the team yeah. but for us too just to be able to take a step back and be able to come back and just reassess after having a, you know, they haven't been blown out in two weeks now. It feels pretty nice. <laughs> so look, <laughs> very rarely do you look at a bye week and be like, wow, as a fan, I'm, I really, really, really need this break. Mm-hmm. But you know, I had Ryan Koningsberg on our man, Ryan yesterday, when we were down in the studio, we were, we obviously we got into the buffs and had a lot to talk about. And mm-hmm. You know, it, it hurts me to say this, but it's become like a, it's become an expensive trip to the park if you're just going to like take your family because there's no, like there's everybody that I know that's a diehard, myself, Ryan, you, like everybody is is eager to go to the game and it's going to be nice and, you know, Folsom is beautiful mm-hmm. and every other everything other than wow i can't wait to go watch this team play football and win a game against arizona so that that (laughs) is uh it's it's super depressing bro again i've never been this wrong about a college football team in my life like i really thought they were going to be pretty good and look they have seven games left yep so i'm not going to sit here and be like the the sky is falling they they have winnable football games on deck arizona is very winnable at Cal is very winnable. At Oregon, probably not so much. <laughs> Oregon State's a winnable game. Mm-hmm. Washington is a winnable game. Or like Utah's a winnable game. None of these teams are superpowered this year. Yep. 
I agree. Let's just be real. So if they can figure their shit out, Henry, we might be able to win some games. Totally. Um, but it was kind of crazy. I mean, because subtle. Let's just be subtle about it, though. (laughs) It's a big. I wanted to make sure that we got that in. I want to be very subtle about how we change things, and you know, subtly we'll move forward. Yes, yes, subtly. It's always important to be subtle in football. Football is all about being subtle. Um, Can you believe that? Like (laughs) subtle changes. It was. It was kind of surprising. Um, because I mean, what. Obviously, you need a 22-point change because you've lost three (laughs) games by 22 points or more. Nothing subtle is going to make up a 22-point gap. Um, Nothing. And the the audacity for him to say we're going to make subtle changes but not really do anything different, everybody's just like, Jesus, is he not watching the same thing we're watching? Is he not evaluating it the same way that we are? So it, it's it's almost teetering on like a little bit disrespectful to like people that cover the team and fans and stuff because it look I'll take it to I just got done doing doing the turning point and that mm-hmm. play where Vaughn walks out and covers Claypool and gets burned <laughs> and then Grandpa Vic was like oh we're in zone coverage and I'm like nah dog it's man everybody's trailing <laughs> and chasing the receivers no one's sitting in zones. Like he's essentially telling everybody that we're a bunch of morons and we don't know what we're looking at. Subtle offensive changes when you're the dead last offense in the country, that's essentially telling everybody they're a bunch of morons. They don't know what they're talking about. And we're the coaching staff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't know, before we, before we dig too deep into this game, you know, the, the Twitter account yesterday, I can't remember if it was the ticket account or the main account, whatever Twitter account from the buffs it was, but they said there were only a thousand tickets left for the game. And today That's they awesome. sent out another tweet that said like, they're running out. Make sure you call soon. Cause we're about to run. Out. Did you, did you think there was any chance that Colorado was going to sell out this game against Arizona? No. Did I think <laughs> they were going to sell out a game after they played as bad as they have? Absolutely not. Mm-mm. I'm encouraged by it. Me too. I just, I'm, I'm praying to God that CU and CSU, well, now I don't care about CSU, although they get a good win. I'm hopeful that, I'm, I'm really hoping that CU doesn't turn into the Rockies. Like, people don't just go to go. Like, the, the only way to, 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 like, show your discontent here is to not go. It's like a strike as a fan. That's and you true. get to keep your money. Which is a big pro. But, yeah, I, uh, it is definitely encouraging. And I think that, I'm, glad that, I'm glad people are going because I've been yep. to games where no one goes. Yep. And, and the fact that you're getting this sort of support when things are bad, you know, if, if you want to keep believing that, that the return to what Colorado was in the nineties is just a few years away or that it's achievable in the near future. This is a big sign that that is possible. That there is that sort of support. Cause I mean, it's one thing to sell out a game where you're playing USC because it's USC and it's a brand name and people come to see USC to right. sell out a game where you're playing Arizona, especially this the Arizona team. team. Yeah. It's impressive. It's impressive. It's impressive, but I'll tell you, rather than just selling tickets, one thing that I think they really need to focus on is how to how to get more donors, how to get more mm-hmm. big time contributions. Like we need, I talked about this with Ryan too, and I'll bounce it off of you. I was on the Fox this morning with Rick Lewis, and he said he said the same thing. Like the Buffs need a, a Boone T. Pickens dude. They need somebody to come mm-hmm. in 
and drop like $500 million on the program and be like, yo, sprinkles. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> we're rolling. And I, I, I bet you from Robert Redford to the guys who, who own and operate Crocs to Coors to there's some big time Colorado companies out there. Mm -hmm. I don't care if they went to see you or not. Like I'm, I'm, I'm being like, yo, can you write a check? Can you help us? Because until we start spending on the same level as the elites, we're never going to be one. Yeah. And in all that stuff, it's crazy how like it all does tie together because if you want them to write the check, go, go win a bowl game and show them that you're close to turn that corner. You, you want to, you want to get your recruiting into top 15 in the country. Well, yeah, you need the recruits to, to go eight and four, but you're also not going to get the recruits unless you go eight and four and show them that you're close. And so all well, these we, things, we like the, you just need to start budget, that cycle. The budget for recruiting, how much bigger is it at like Michigan State? Triple? Massively. It's way, it's, it's at least double, maybe triple what it is here. Yep. So that there's a huge competitive disadvantage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like Until mm -hmm. we get, and there's nothing in the rule book that says we have to spend money on the same level as the other slaps in the Pac-12. Like yep. SC spends a ton of money. UCLA spends a ton of money. Oregon, Oregon spends a ton of money. Arizona State spends a ton of money. Mm -hmm. and, and there's absolutely no bylaw that says, oh, well, you're in the Pac-12, so you don't have to care about college football. Yep. And what I think the TV deal expires after the 2023 season. Who knows where the Pac-12 is going to fit in in terms of TV revenue with the, with the other conferences after that. But you do know that at the very least, that's going to be another like minimum $10 million per school to play with. And it could be significantly more than that. And just knowing that you have at least that amount a few years away, it's not enough. And you got to do everything you can and make that jump as big as you can in the next couple of years, make these rights valuable. But at least it's something. Let me ask you, what would be when you're negotiating with the, the companies to be on TV, like the Pac-12 network, mm -hmm. ESPN, whatever, what would be the number one thing in your opinion that the Pac-12 should try and negotiate to end their favor? I mean, I don't So, So obviously you're just trying to get that number up as high as you can get it. But I think so that- just, just money for you? Just as much money as we can get? At this point, at this point, I, that's what I'm looking for. But I also think that you start looking at things like, do you play? Do you play some games on Friday nights? More conference games on Friday nights? Maybe some on Thursday nights? Um, just, exactly just some of those sorts good. of things. Because last night, I mean, the best game on TV was Navy and Memphis in terms of college football, and. I, I know that people nationally don't love Pac-12 football, and I think a lot of that's just because of their own biases and because they don't watch it, and they just keep repeating it's the thing. It's on at 10 o'clock at night, Henry. So we're, we're both, we both agree. Yep. I think that game time has got to change. Yep. So like the, I, wouldn't be, I would not be upset if the Pac-12 took over Thursday and Fridays. And they didn't no. play. They only played like one or two games a year on Saturday. Like every huh. Thursday and Friday night, the Pac-12 plays – they play Thursday night, they play Friday night, and they let all, everybody else play Saturday, and they own two days of the week. And then everybody gets to see the Pac-12 play because look at a guy like Christian McCaffrey back in the day. Christian McCaffrey's junior year when he went off and should have won the Heisman. If he would have played in the SEC or played at 11 o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. on CBS, he would have won the fucking Heisman, yep. period. He broke Barry Sanders' yardage record in that year, and Stanford <laughs> only lost one game. 
Yep. So like that, that's my thing is the time of game. The fact that like the, the PAC 12 game is at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night on the East coast. And there's so many voters there. Yep. That doesn't help. I agree. I, I think you're onto see, something. See, you went from middle America time slots to what? 10 o'clock at night and shit. It's the, yeah, those are terrible. I do think you got to keep some on Saturdays. I, I think I'm that not just, every game, but yeah. like, I, I'd like to see more than just one right now. Mm-hmm. Every Pac-12 team plays on, on, on Friday night event. Like I'm almost positive. Everybody plays at least once. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see them all at least play twice, like play once on Thursday, twice on Friday. Yep. And then, uh, the rest of your games on Saturday and hopefully one or one or two of the Saturday games can be at 11 o'clock. But the thing about the PAC 12 is if you're playing the, the games during the day, you suck. Like you're not any good. <laughs> they, they don't play. They don't play the good, the good team. Don't play in those slots. Though. Like if you look like Arizona state and Oregon are going to play in major time slots the rest of the season before they play in the PAC 12 title game. Yeah, it's true. It is true. I, I, I think that that to me is the big thing though, in terms of just like marketability for the PAC 12, you just got to find ways to get it where people can see it. And that's, I mean, that's the other big thing. And, and the, the fact that the PAC 12 network is so hard to watch and so many of the games are on that. I mean, it's like three football games a week that people across the country can't tune into that needs to change. I have to watch it on my phone. It's terrible. Like, yeah. what are we doing? And and the worst part is the way the contract is written, there's just literally nothing you can do about that until after the 2023 season. And so How when that happens... How do you feel they do on the Pac-12 network? Do you like it? No, I don't I'm like it. I'm not a huge fan. No. I'm not a huge fan. No. It's not. I feel like the Pac-12 network isn't even associated with, like, game day and things of that nature. They yep. never, never talk about it. Ever. It, it makes me feel like the Pac-12 is an extension of the Mountain West at times. Like, and that's that ah, sucks. So yep. they've they've got to figure that out. Yeah, man. I'm, the more eyes on the conference, the better. Um, so let me ask you this question then, and go full circle here, or at least like three quarters of a circle. When the Big 12 implodes, and it's let's be real, BYU and UCF and Cincinnati and uh, Houston going is nice. That's that's cool. Yep. But when Oklahoma and Texas both jet and all that money leaves and all that hype leaves and the best two teams in your conference are Oklahoma State and TCU and Kansas State, like that's not what they're looking for. Do you think it changes the way that they they do the, the scheduling and, and the time of day that these guys play at if Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Kansas and Texas Tech or TCU all join the Pac-12 and Baylor and Texas Tech go join the ACC and go to 16. Like Iowa State jumps into the Big Ten with Cincinnati going to the Big Ten at that point. They're at 16. That like that changes the mind. You're not going to have a 10 o'clock game in Kansas. I don't think so. It's 11 o'clock there, dog. Like that's what I'm saying. It's going to be super hard to to bridge that. Yeah. And you said something very interesting back like a month ago when we were doing the show talking about realignment. You'll have a team and you'll have a team in every conference will have one team in every time zone with the yeah. exception of the ACC. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I just pulled up. So, so here's what um, each school got for their, uh, for, for TV money um, last year. So the big 10 schools got the most 54 million. 
Uh, then SEC schools got 45 million, Big 12, 38, Pac 12, 33.6, and then ACC, 33. We're not even playing the same game. I, I know. It's Although crazy. We're, we're getting broke off the same way the ACC is, and they're always undefeated and in the playoff. And have multiple Clems- I mean, Clemson is competing. That conference okay, this Clemson year is, is good bad. Point. That's a solid point. Never mind. The ACC is dog shit this year. You're it's right. It's terrible. It's just and, one team. And the Big 12 is going to be two. I mean, what? Is, is Cincinnati going to be their anchor going forward? Is that no, going to be that, their top this is my like? point. Like, like, they've got quality pro- They've got quality second-level programs. Yep. So Kansas State, Oklahoma State, I'm not trying to talk shit about them. I am saying, if you look at the old pack, the old Big 12 before Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri, and Texas a and Jet, and like before they bring in TCU and West Virginia and shit, okay? I didn't even bring them up. I forgot about them. Like, it, you look at the, the that conference at that time, Colorado's a blue blood, Nebraska's a blue blood, Texas is a blue blood, Oklahoma's a blue blood. After that, the second-tier programs are Oklahoma State, Kansas State. That's the way – that's what it is. That's not my opinion. That's a fact. Texas A&M was a second-tier program at that time. They're damn sure not anymore. Missouri was a second-tier program, maybe a third. I mean, let's be real. Baylor was dog shit. They couldn't win a game. Now they're a, they're a really good football team. They're a really good, you know, Big 12 football team, but they're not going to carry the conference. Yep. So – I don't see how the Big 12 can survive just bringing in a bunch of second-tier conference teams. Yep. So and so, that's why I would think that's why I think that the rest of them will, will fill the other spots around the country because like a Baylor and a TCU going to the go or like if you take Baylor and West Virginia and put them in the ACC, and then you take you know TCU and and uh Oklahoma State, Kansas to Kansas State, put them in the Pac-12, and now you got the Dallas market in the Mm Pac-12. You got Oklahoma State in the Pac-12. You got great basketball in the Jayhawks in Kansas, and Kansas Mm -hmm. State's pretty good, and they're really good football. You got natural rivalries, and like it it just makes sense from a standpoint of travel for Colorado to play all those teams every year. Utah then has the availability to play those teams every year. Iowa State can then go to the Big Ten. It just it allows the conferences to like kind of take a deep breath and get more regional, which I think is really important, Henry. The re- the regional mm-hmm. aspect of college football, not playing your neighbor after doing it for a hundred years mm-hmm. is not cool. And we're not the only ones that struggle with this problem. I agree. So just to close this out, uh, say you're, you're ESPN and it's 2024, all of the media rights for all of the conferences are available. I want to put these conferences in order. Which conference do you want the media rights to first? The SEC. Yep, absolutely the SEC. Number two, SEC, Big Ten. Big Ten. Big 12 gone. Then Pac-12, ACC. Yeah. Okay. You go. You go. Big the, if the Pac-12 goes Pac-16, the mm-hmm. ACC. If everyone goes to 16 teams and the Big 12 gone, the Pac-16 would be third. For sure. Because I, I'm assuming. I'm assuming that with. The ACC is at 14 right now, right? I think that's yeah. right. It makes yep. it makes sense for West Virginia to go to the ACC. Pittsburgh's their natural rival. Syracuse, all those old Big East teams, Big BC. There's natural regional hatred right there. They should go there. Then who else do you, do you take Texas Tech or do you take TCU or do you take Baylor? Because that they're the other ones that make sense, right? Mm-hmm. So you pick one of those three, okay? Then you take Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, 
and TCU put them in the Pac-12. And who are you left with? Texas Tech, right? Yep. So then how many others – who else needs schools? Does Kansas maybe go to the Big Ten with Iowa State and, and play in the Big Ten for basketball? And then Texas Tech goes to the Pac-12? Or does Texas Tech go to the Big Ten and then the Big Ten has a team in Texas? Like, it, huh. it's – they're not going to – all those teams aren't just going to sit around and just let everybody evacuate. And if they want to re, if they want to retool the Big 12 and make it an ex, like a, a mix of the top six or the top eight teams in the Mountain West, the top eight teams in the AAC, and then, like, sprinkle in the other elites, guys who – BYU's an independent, throw them in there. Houston, SMU, UCF, Cincinnati, Colorado State, Boise State, San Diego. Like, that's not a power conference, dog. It's just a mixture of two group of fives. Totally is. All right. Um, One one, one more question before we we finish this up. Um, Say things stay they are right now. Whose TV rights do you want? Big 12 or Pac-12? Big 12. Really? With Cincinnati yeah. and all them instead of Oregon. So let's and just USC. say that Texas and Oklahoma don't leave. If they do leave, they though. Leaving. Well, if, if they're leaving, the Pac-12. So once, yeah, I think so. It's It's got to yeah. be. Right now, I would take the Big 12. Right yep. in, in yep. Uh, the year when they're gone, the Pac-12, 100%. Oklahoma and Texas carry that conference. That's what I'm saying. When they lose mm-hmm. A&M, Colorado, and Nebraska, yep. I, Missouri can kick rocks. I, come on. <laughs> like that, that might as well be a teacher school for the deaf and the blind out there in the middle of Columbus. So, uh, I, the other three though were like foundation blue blood programs that could sustain and like had massive fan bases and were constantly in big games. So I don't know how you can just I don't know how you can cover all that up. It's not there when they brought in TCU that that's a good program. They brought in West Virginia, it's a pretty good program. Like, but they're not. They're not better than the teams and the programs they were they replaced. They still downgraded there too. Yep. Losing AM, Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri, and then gaining just West Virginia and TCU is not a, that's not good. Yep. I want to talk about the Pac 12 for the rest of the season. Um, you know, we're halfway through. If, I mean, Colorado is out of the race for the Pac 12 championship. They would need to do something miraculous to get back into it. And that just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Um, And with Colorado out, first off, just right off the top, who do you think wins the Pac-12 this year? The Pac-12 title game is Arizona State, Oregon. I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona State actually wins it this year. I like Daniels a lot. I like him uh, more than... The kid in Oregon Smith is his name, right? Yep. But I think uh, that Oregon's yeah. offense, Oregon's offensive line, if they are on one, they're going to win. So if Oregon's O line is playing like they did when they went to the shoe, they're 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 good enough to be a playoff team. But if they're not on, then they're they can get beat by Stanford. So there's they just cannibalize each other to the effect in the Pac-12. We knew this was going to happen. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, my I guess my question is if which team with one loss can actually get into the playoff yep and i that's where i was going with this because like you said oregon state or oregon and arizona state both of them have one loss right now arizona state just listen to the schedule the rest of the way they've got utah this week which you know utah's utah's a solid program 
But this is not a strong Utah team. And Arizona no, they're down this year. They're should young. be able to go in there and beat them. After that, they've got Washington State at home. They've got USC at home. They go to Washington. Then they go to Oregon State, and they finish the year against Arizona. I think there's a real chance they could run the table. So they, they should win out. And then they're sitting there at 11-1 and one going to a Pac-12 title game. To play Oregon. And then potentially 12-1. and one. So why isn't Arizona State a legitimate playoff contender too because look to assume that the big 10 is just going to keep rolling the way they are first of all penn state michigan state michigan ohio state all play each other yep so let's be real i wouldn't be surprised if they all beat each other in a round robin Mm -hmm. iowa still has to play wisconsin they still have to play nebraska i'm pretty sure they still have to play ohio state if i remember correctly if i looked Mm -hmm. at the schedule right i can't remember but they've got more big look pull that up if you can on your computer right there they've still got a lot of big part of them plus if i was undefeated and they're ranked third second or third and they lose the big 10 title game they're the big 10 doesn't get the same two in every time as the sec shit so like when they lose they're going to be out they're not going to be in this like i'll put them at four Mm -hmm. so i i think that yes cincinnati has a chance to like go this year being a non-power five but at the same time, I would take a one-loss Pac-12 champion, Arizona State or Oregon, over Cincinnati. Oregon has the win over Ohio State, too. Over Ohio State, for God's sakes. This is what That's I'm saying. So, like, Cincinnati, just because you beat Notre Dame and a shitty Indiana team, and then you run the table, although I think UCF is going to give them everything they can handle on Saturday. that I don't think that that's a good enough resume to get in, especially with all these other teams. Like, if Michigan is a one-loss Big Ten champion and their one loss comes in the Big Ten title game and then I was undefeated, how do, you, how do you say that Cincinnati gets in over Michigan? I know. If, if, if be Alabama's tough. one loss and they beat Georgia in the SEC title game, Georgia's in regardless. Georgia can, yep. like, lose out at this point and still be in. <laughs> but like Alabama, how do you how do you keep them out over Cincinnati? Don't no. mm-hmm. don't. I agree. I agree. And looking at this Big Ten, because I, I do think that's where the big question marks are. I think as long as everything goes the way we expect it to, Alabama and Georgia are in. Cincinnati yeah. is going to have a strong case. Um, well, I don't think one Alabama's, loss and they're out. Alabama's not going to get in. You don't think so? How's the, how does Alabama get in? You think they beat Georgia in the SEC title game? I think. I, I think they That's do. the only way they can do it is to win out and then beat Georgia. So, so who do they have a loss so far? I don't think they have a loss yet. Do they? Alabama just got upset by. Oh, A&M. that's right. Alabama yeah, like three days ago. One team in the country. Of course. God damn, you had a bunch of white claws on Saturday. <laughs> God damn, Henry. That's right. That yeah, was but, a big one. So this, like I would. The, mm. the the SEC West too. They still have to play LSU, which isn't very a very good team, but it's a rivalry game. And they still have to play Auburn, and Auburn, I don't care if they have one win, ten wins, they're always giving them everything they got in that game. And then I don't see them just going and manhandling Georgia, not after what I saw the other night. What I saw the other night looked like a team that's, like, in the middle of a rebuild and just won four national titles in ten years and, like, is trying to find themselves when they're young. But they're still pretty good. Yep. So I don't see how Alabama can get in at this point. It, It. if I'm if I'm picking the playoff right now and I'm looking in my crystal ball down down the line, I would say that it's Georgia. I can't say I can't not go with Ohio State right now. They're just they score too many points. They're too explosive. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't see them losing to Iowa. I don't see them losing to Michigan. Uh, three, I would probably say it's it's probably Oklahoma. I mean, I don't think they're going to – or Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State gets by Texas this weekend, and then they at, at Bedlam at the end of the year, if they beat Oklahoma, they're undefeated. They're getting in. Period. Yep. They have to play the big. They have. To, they might have to play Oklahoma back to back weeks for the for the big Big Twelve title game. That would be dope. They win that. They beat them two times in a row and go undefeated. They're in. Yep. Oklahoma State, good fu- fucking football team. So don't sleep on them. And then the fourth team is that toss up right there. It's, is it Cincinnati? Is it a one loss Oregon? One loss Arizona State? Is it a if Michigan State loses one game and they play in the Big Ten title game? Is it them? Is is does Alabama? I mean, even if they go and beat Georgia, how do you put them above conference champions? Yeah. Or how do you I think put so, Georgia above conference champions? So here's where I'm at. First of all, <clears throat> Iowa does have the easiest schedule because they're in the other division, but Wisconsin this weekend, honestly, that on the road, that that might be an upset watch. Like I get that Graham Mertz isn't everything for, we expected they, him to be. They play Purdue at home. Oh, Purdue oh that's the at, next week. Purdue, and then they go to Wisconsin, yes. and then Northwestern, and they've got Minnesota, Illinois, Nebraska. So they should they should finish undefeated. They probably should. And then Ohio State, though, like you you mentioned, all these teams have to play each other on the other side. Indiana this week, then Penn State, Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan. <sighs> Ohio and State, Michigan, I do think, is the bro. best out of those teams with Penn State, Michigan, four. all them. But the odds of them winning out with that schedule, I just don't know if I can buy it. Shit is ruthless. Like, go to Nebraska's schedule for me real quick. Just go to their schedule at the beginning of the year. Because their their schedule this year, you just said they play Iowa State in two weeks. Like, Nebraska's schedule this year is ruthless, dude. It like, is. Just read off who they played. They, they lost Illinois to open, right? Yep. Illinois. They, Illinois is bad. Fordham, Buffalo, Oklahoma, Michigan State, Northwestern, Michigan, Minnesota, Purdue, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa. That is ruthless, dude. <laughs> that, that is about as good as – like the non-conference is normal Nebraska fuckery. But the the mm-hmm. in-conference schedule and from Oklahoma on, wow. That's, yep. super, that's, a, that's an unbelievable – that's pretty cool. That's a good schedule. Yeah. That that's, I mean, that's tough, but that's a good schedule. I think. Let's see. If I, if I'm putting teams in the playoff, I'm going Georgia's in. I think Iowa's in because they win out. Um, I think. Ooh, you think I'm gonna Iowa go, I'm gonna go Oklahoma? State? I'm gonna go Oklahoma. They're uh, they're undefeated. This new quarterback looks good, and if he doesn't pan out, they're back to Spencer Rattler. So they're going to be just fine there. Rattler want to transfer? I, I think, does he the transfer dog, or does he just go to the draft this year? You're the, what, he's, why would he leave for the draft after getting benched so he can go in the fifth round? Would he drop that far? His fucking stock has plummeted, dog. It's definitely plummeted, but like he we were talking the, on the draft pod like yesterday, the third round? favorite number one pick. You, you think DJ Alphabet from Clemson, you think he's still the number one pick? No, no, no. No, no, no. No, his stock is he's like jumped off a cliff with no parachute, dog. Yep. So Spencer's done the same. He got benched the other day. And then what I've heard, like what's, what's really bothering all the evaluators and the NFL people 
is he didn't celebrate with his team and he walked off by himself, like with his head down, acting like a little bitch. Yep. So, bro, it's not all about you, motherfucker. You just came back from four touchdowns down to beat your rival. The other kid stepped in and balled. Celebrate with your teammates, you little smug bitch. And that, that's the kind of shit that drives me crazy. You can't have that from your quarterback in the NFL who gets slapped around by grown men, bro. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry. I said mean words. So let, <laughs> it's all good. Me, allow it's me good. to retort. Um, I don't think Spencer Rattler is going to have the job there anymore. He should transfer Agreed. to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want him? I mean, be an upgrade. Do I, sure. Would I take Spencer Rattler to see you? Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so so who do I have? I had uh, Georgia, Iowa, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I think I'm going to go Ohio State too. I think Ohio State beat Ow. Iowa in the, in the championship game. So Iowa's the four and Oklahoma. And, I, and I think it'd go that three. way. Yep. And yep. Oklahoma's two and, and I, Iowa would be four and Ohio State would be three. Yep. But I do think it's going to come down to that Iowa-Ohio State championship game with Oregon just looking on. Saying, like, if, if Iowa wins this, we get in over Ohio State. If Ohio State wins, then they make it in because they're the champion. How could, how could they put Ohio State in over Oregon after Oregon beat them in Columbus? I agree. That was ipso facto. That there's absolutely, like, look, I know that the selection committee for the BCS and the, the Final Four is crooked as shit, mm-hmm. but that would be like some, let, we, can, we need to go over here and burn this goddamn place down. That's corrupt. Like that, yeah. that essentially puts both teams in conference championship land, right? Ohio State would beat Iowa in your in your, in your fantasy land, right? Yes. Yes. And then and then, but Oregon wouldn't get in at number five. Yeah. After, I mean, beating, I, an under, after beating a one loss Arizona State in the big in the Pac-12 title game, I think. Look, if the if the Pac-12 champion only has one loss, and they play each other in the Pac-12 title game as a top top eight matchup with like fourth ranked Oregon and seventh ranked Arizona state. I think whoever, if, if Oregon wins that game, they're in as it's Arizona state wins that game, they could get left out, but they should in turn be in as well. So this, this is where the whole Cincinnati argument doesn't, it it stops for me because Cincinnati's remaining schedule is UCF slappy, slappy, slappy SMU slappy seasons over. Yep. So I, I can't, I can't get with that shit. They're not, I understand last year they took Georgia to the brink in the, in the peach bowl and all that, but it's a completely different Georgia team. As it stands today, things will probably change at the rankings, but Oregon would only play one ranked team all season. And that would be Ohio state, obviously, because UCLA no longer ranked is who they play this week. Washington was ranked at one point, obviously no longer ranked. I, I think that the selection committee could do something pretty terrible. Well, if they had a head-to-head matchup, though, I, yeah. I don't know how you can just be like, oh, fuck it, disregard that just because their schedule isn't as good. Yeah, it'd probably take more. You'd probably have to lose the championship game or drop, like, blow blow a game to Washington. They would, have to, lo- they would have to lose the, the, the Civil War to Oregon State. Yep. And then lose, and that would take them out of it immediately. So if they lose any, if the if Arizona State or Oregon lose again, they're done, and that includes the Pac-12 title game. Yep, I think I agree. And and look, I think they're on a collision course. To be completely honest with you, I, I think too. Arizona State is by far the best team in the South. But Arizona State has who? Utah this week. 
Yes. They're in Salt Lake City, right? That's a it's tough for them to win in Salt Lake City, bro. Like that place is they don't fuck around there. So and they're 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 playing with heavy hearts. They're retiring that 22 mm-hmm. number from both of those young men that died. Both of them weren't 22, by the way. That's kind of that creepy. story was terrible. That's, That's sort of ter- I mean, the, the guy like wore that number because he was best friends with the guy who died. Yeah, that's it's a tough story. Terrible, but uh, that that game's a pick 'em. Let's make this the DraftKings pick of the week. Who are you taking? Okay. In Arizona State, Utah. Yep. On the road. What yep. time's the game? Eight p.m. <laughs> I'll take I'll take Arizona State. I like JT Daniels a lot. Um, I love Antonio Pierce's defense and the way they play. And they've got, I don't know, I don't know if you have this number in front of you, but I, you probably don't, but they've got a ton of super seniors. Like Arizona State has like 13 or 14 six-year seniors and a bunch of grad transfers. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, man, Kentucky's the same way. Like Arizona State's the same way. There's a bunch of teams out there that are really good. This Iowa has a bunch of six-year players. Um, I'm looking at that like Geez, maybe the maybe college football would be better if they let guys play for six years. Maybe it'd be better if they let them have two red shirts. Yeah, and then then you can offer them like a graduate degree too. You say, "Come so here." Say, if you if you graduate within four years, you get another two, and you can go. You can transfer somewhere else and play for two more years. I I, I like it. I think you might be onto something there. Well, I, um, if it, it makes sense, then it. And it, and it entices the kids to stop fucking around in the class and actually do what they're supposed to do for the first four years. And then it puts them in a position where they get, if they're all going to go to the NFL, they get that taste of what it's like to change teams before they actually get to the league. Cause the league, there's no, there's none of that like rah, rah, kumbaya alumni shit. So it, I, I don't know. I think it, it could benefit. I don't think it'll hurt the turnaround. The good players are still going to leave and get drafted. So I, I think it might work, actually. It probably it balances things out. C, it makes me wonder how CU couldn't find a quarterback other than the, the guy, Lewis and, and JT. Like, yep. I think uh, I think it could really balance things competitively, too, because you have all the guys who are just gone after three years, but, but whoever that is, like whatever 21-year-old, versus the 25 26 year old veteran who's been playing for a while i i think that that changes the gap a little bit and so some of these schools where you're not getting all these early levers whatever you want to call them i, I don't know i like it i like it early levers, early depart de- departees uh yeah I, look you'd be getting a lot of byu situation that yeah there'll be guys at byu, BYU play until they're 29 come back after mission and are like 30 years old with families and shit so yeah that's a fact that's why they're always good um bunch of grown-ass men <laughs> let's see so that was the DraftKings pick of the week let's just fly through these really fast these other games because i'm curious what you're thinking yeah. uh tonight we've got cal oregon that's 8 30 on espn oregon's at home and they're 13 and a half point favorites i'd say oregon i think oregon probably rolls I think Oregon covers. Yep. And I'm definitely going to watch that game because CU plays Cal next week. Yep. And then Oregon the week after. Yeah. So get ready a, to see how exactly what they're going to be seeing. They're going to beat them up. Um, Stanford at Washington State. Stanford favored by one. Stanford. They'll control time of possession. Uh, I'm kind of biased. I've got multiple guys at Stanford that start for that that place. So I definitely want to see them do well uh, and make a bowl game. And I think they beat Washington State. 
they're on the road. They're in Pullman. Yep. All right. Yeah, I think they went in Pullman. I'll go the other way here. I think Washington State at home. That Jaden Delora, the quarterback, is is a lot of fun. And they're they're buying they, yeah, one back to back games. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll buy the hype. Um, next up, UCLA at Washington with Washington as a one and a half point favorite. Uh, I think Washington beats UCLA in Seattle. That, okay. That's a really difficult place to go win. And huh. they're up and down. They're inconsistent at the quarterback position. They're really young on offense. But they can still play defense tough nose. And they're not, mm-hmm. they're not soft. They're just not very good. UCLA is good, but they're notoriously soft as baby shit. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Washington in this game. I'm going UCLA here. I, I I'm not all the way in on the UCLA hype. That offense is just explosive enough. Like if, good. if if you can pull a couple of big plays and get 14 points off a of play or drives where you had a 50 yarder somewhere in there, then you just need to put together a drive or two because Washington Washington just doesn't put up big points. So we're, we're differing there, too. We already talked Arizona State, Utah. Last one, Arizona at Colorado. Colorado favored by six. First of all, I cannot believe we're favored. <laughs> I know. It's, it's ridiculous. And, like, we should be favored by a point, mm-hmm. not by a touchdown. I mean, holy I shit. Know. So, look, man, I, I watched, I've watched Arizona three times this year. I've obviously watched every snap he's taken. Um mm-hmm. I watched them play at Oregon. It looked like Oregon was more concerned with their uniform and like, you know, the, the night game and everybody looks super sleepy for the first three quarters and then they blew the doors off. But Arizona did play them tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Arizona play UCLA really, really tough the other night. Like had a couple opportunities to go up in that game and maybe beat them and yep. they fucked it up. Now I also watched Arizona lose to Northern Arizona who got beat by UNC. Yep. So I'm let's not, put this in perspective here, okay? I hate to do the cross-schedule cross comparison where, you know, they got beat by these guys, so if de facto, we should beat them. But, bro, if, if they <laughs> – if, like, this is Saturday and Sunday are must-wins in Boulder and Denver. If the Buffs lose to Arizona at home, I'm not going to say that I'm not going to go to any games and support anymore because that's a damn lie, but I, I'm I, I'm going to be like, I'm just going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Yep. Fuck it. Yeah, Fuck it, we're going to dig into that. Fuck it. We're going to dig into that to close things out. Just like, what what is at stake in this game? Because there's Fuck there's it. really a lot on the line here. With the Broncos, too, if they lose to the Raiders, there's my that's my answer for everything. Yes, fuck it. Yep. Fuck it. You know, I mean, then the Broncos it, just need to do something crazy to climb back into it. That's like, terrible. So like then if they lose I, the Browns, uh, it's over, and the Browns are good. I, where do where do they go from a lost Arizona? I don't I don't know, man. The the sink to drink away their <laughs> sorrows. I don't I don't know an answer to this question, Henry. I think it's uh, it's unreal to me that they can have as much talent on that team as they have and be this shitty. And and there's there's answers. Broussard going from 29 touches to 12, like not being able to throw the ball. That's kind of a big deal. So, man, I I, I don't know where they go anymore. Like I, I don't have a lot of answers for how you fix how you fix something that looks like it's untenable. Yep. Subtly, by the way, dude. Subtly, subtly. <laughs> and look, like 
Were you at the press conference? Uh, I zoomed into that one. Mondays okay, are on so, Zoom too, so I didn't make the trip up. Bro, when he says we're making subtle changes, is it like, fuck it, I just throw the computer across the room, turn it off, and move on with your life? Like, yeah, subtle changes. I mean, there's there's been there's been a lot of jokes about the word subtle over the last few days, and that that's the way it should be after something like that. Um, but Colorado, are they going to cover the six point spread against Arizona? <laughs> I don't know, are they? You I'm, tell me. I'm yeah, saying I'm no. I'm saying no, no. I want to know what you think. No, no I'm taking Arizona plus six. I'm not sure if I'm taking Arizona to win, uh, though. I'm taking Arizona plus win. six. So I, I look, I'm going to go buff homer here. I love hard. it. Hard. I'm going to go buff homer hard. And I'm going to say that CU like scores 30 points on Saturday. I love and, it. And beats and beats Arizona down. And like we see a totally different team. And they go to Cal like reinvigorated and ready to play football. So I think that the subtle changes thing, I think they're gonna come out and be totally different. I think you're gonna see a lot of changes offensively. I think the subtle difference thing is just it's a ploy. It's a little bit of little gamesmanship just to get the media talking shit and Maybe Arizona sitting there going like, oh, they're not changing anything. Let's listen to what he said to the media. So, uh, you know, with being an ex-NFL coach, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's just trying to confuse everybody and maybe play him a little bit. I mean, that's what we're hoping. That's what we're hoping. I have to believe this, okay, Henry? <laughs> I have to be this positive right now and believe that this is going to happen because it's been it's, – it's getting to the point where I'm struggling. My heart hurts. If you guys at home want to get in on all of this action, do it at DraftKings Sportsbook, the best sportsbook in the United States. Um, they have actually a pretty awesome deal going right now uh, for all users. So this week, there's a 50% profit boost on any five-leg college football parlay. So what that means is I built a parlay last night that went from plus 2284 to plus 3427. And for those of you who don't bet yet, first of all, you're missing out. But that means that a $10 bet goes from winning $228 to winning $342. That's a great deal. And it's basically free money. It makes watching the games so much more fun. And if they're, if you're a new user, now's the time to get in. Because if you bet $1 on any NFL game this weekend, you'll win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. There hasn't been a 0-0 tie since 1943, so it's a no-brainer. Um, there's all sorts of different ways to bet. I mentioned my parlay. You can do same-game parlays for NFL games, or you can bet on a quarterback to score a touchdown and then throw for however many yards, and the other team to do whatever. Combine all those bets and increase the odds. DraftKings is the place to go, an official sports bank partner of the NFL. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the promo code DMVR, and make that $1 bet on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. It's promo code DMVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Sexy Pizza. Um, Matt, I know you've got out to uh, one of our Man, Broncos. Tailgates. That pizza was so good. It is so good. Oh, my God. It was bomb. They had the garlic knots out there. They're like cinnamon knots out there, too. Those oh, are real good. The, I, I, I probably crushed half 
half of the pepperoni pie. I'm not going to lie. There's, it was good. The good news is it's all you can eat pizza. So I'm not sure any of you can put down as much pizza as Matt can. Uh, he's, he's a big guy, big appetite. But uh, you can try your best if you come out to our Broncos tailgate on Sunday. It's $35, $30 for members. All you can eat pizza, all you can drink beer, bunch of fun games out there. It's a great time. And it does kick ass. It's it's a great tailgate and it keeps getting it better. Is, it's about as good a spot as you can ask for, honestly. I know it's a great view of the stadium from right there, too. There's a bathroom that you, like just right inside the yeah. it's like there's like like open doors and TVs. And yeah. It's kick ass. Red zone on a 75 inch TV. Yeah. There we go. Um but yeah, also, if you guys aren't going to the tailgate, still want to check out Sexy Pizza, definitely do that. They've got a bunch of locations around town, and uh, they've got a bunch of different options. Obviously, all the different toppings, but they also have a gluten-free crust. They have uh, uh, vegan options, so go and check those guys out for sure. Also, real quick, want we'll to wrap things up with ball. Uh, you guys probably heard of Ball Arena. Well, do you know what else Ball does? Ball makes aluminum cans among a bunch of different things. And right now they are hiring in Golden. It's a 400-person plant. Ball has been like given awards by the Human Rights Campaign for their culture of belonging. They have a corporate equality index score of 100%. So it's a great place to work. Um, on top of that, you're helping the environment because aluminum cans are great for the environment because they're reusable 75 percent of all the aluminum that's ever been created is still in use today um, and ball is obviously a big part of that because they made 101 billion cans last year uh, so if you're looking for somewhere to work ball is the place to go just text golden to 77222 you'll get linked to open positions you can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for golden that's jobs.ball.com and search for golden or simply text golden to 77222 all right, uh, wrapping things up here. Yes. So what exactly, you, we, we talked about this a little bit, but what is on the line here? Um, it feels like, I think ESPN called this Colorado-Arizona game the pillow fight of the week. And both teams obviously <laughs> down in the dumps, not a lot of great oh. things going on. But I still think that there is a lot on the line for the Buffs in this game. I mean, just the fact that they have the audacity to call us the fellow fight of the week makes me want to punch someone. Um, <laughs> but that, that's my point is I that kind of shit, and I can't wait to go tattoo somebody's ass and, and make sure they don't say that about us anymore. Yeah, I, I, it, it was Ryan McGee. Ryan McGee, if you need to go find him. No, I, I'm not. He didn't say it about me. I don't play <laughs> for that team. So I, if I'm in that locker room and I hear that, that's – that's an, another man calling other men soft and that shit don't fly. Not in my world. Mm -hmm. So that that's unacceptable. So in my opinion, what's on the line here, jobs, offensive jobs. And they're not look, man, if he hasn't lost his job at this point, there's no way he's losing his job this year. He could do whatever he wants. So, mm -hmm. I mean, they could go out, dig a hole in the field, take a dump in the hole put a label on it that says guaranteed and they could sell it right now. And people would go, apparently there's only a thousand tickets left. So I <laughs> respectability, mm -hmm. you know, like athletic character, moral fiber, 
That's what's on the line here, bro. Me, the ability for me to look at, at what they're doing up there and have any, like, any kind of internal feeling that they're going in the right direction, that's what's on the line. It's the support of your community. Like, I understand people are going to the game and they're all out and they're trying to support and I dig it, but you, come on, man. Like, you, you can't just expect everybody to just accept the same rhetoric the same like nonchalant like oh well we're getting better and subtle differences and everybody just we're really young and well about three weeks ago when they lost to texas a&m he told us that they were really really good <laughs> and I, everybody in the country just saw how good we are and now they're really fucking young and, and because they stuck so that that in my opinion is is what I need to see. I need to see them go out there and act like they actually want to play football and coach it and play with some fire and, and stop looking like the players need to stop looking around at each other, waiting for somebody to make a play and go fucking make one. That's what I want to see, Henry. How about you? Yeah. I mean, in terms of what's on the line here, I, I think we forget that we're still pretty early in the season. Like this will be the midway yeah, point play. after this game. And if you lose to Arizona with six games to go, it's over, it's over, over. And I don't even know what that looks like, but I know it's not going to be any fun. If you win this game. I would just start playing young guys at that point. Yeah, for sure. Uh, But if you win this game. What's the point? There isn't one. But yeah, like. like Everybody that's played like Flamin's played 50 games. Lang's played 50 games. Mustafa's played 50 games. All these guys that have played all this football, well, we just lost the Arizona. The season's officially over. We're down in the dust. We might be the worst team in the country because of it. I'm playing nothing but freshmen. I want to see if these kids can play or if we got to go just find a a completely new stable of players. I totally agree. I cannot believe I said that. You win, though. Then all of a sudden, Cal looks like a winnable game. And the difference is, like, like Cal, that's not a, a good football team. But they are no, they, playing football. And, and play that's hard. yes. And that that's the difference is you watch them play and you're like, okay, you're not super talented. Things obviously aren't working for you, but that is football I'm watching. When the Colorado offense is out there, you don't like you you think like, how are they not throwing the ball? Why are they going backwards when they run the ball? It's just a totally different game that they're playing. You go beat Arizona, you get some of that stuff figured out. That's you can say, okay, Cal is winnable. Oregon State is winnable. If you lose to Arizona, then obviously you're not looking at any of these games. I mean, every game is basically a prayer after you lose to Arizona. Well, at that point, every game is is a – it still counts, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't count. Like, it doesn't really matter what happened. I don't care if we win or lose. Like, we can't go to a bowl game. Like, if we lose to Arizona and then upset Oregon, like, come on, dog. What do I look like? Boo-boo the fool? <laughs> They're going to go to Eugene and they can't walk and chew gum at the same time and win. Yeah. So I'm, I, I hate to be this like negative about it and shit, but man, that's pretty bleak. If they lose to Arizona, bro, it is as bad as it's ever been at that <laughs> point because of the quality of athletes they have. <laughs> it's not like they don't have players. So if you have players and you're still this terrible, and you can't figure out how to get out of your own way, and you can't win football games, and we can't at least look like a football team, well, that leads to everybody's everybody's got to go at that point. So, I mean, I, and it's not going to happen. So then it's just the hamster wheel, and 
that's going to be real fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's, let's finish with just a little bit, a little bit of football talk. So here's something that, that I've had some conversations about this week. Colorado likes to play man coverage. It has become basically the identity of that defense as they play man coverage. I talked to Nigel Bethel about it earlier this week and specifically said like, you know, it's, it's kind of tough to pick off passes when your back is turned. And that's something that's been kind of a struggle for Colorado. They have the one interception this season that came in the Northern Colorado game. Nigel said, yeah, it's, it's, you don't get as many interceptions when you play man because your back is turned. I asked Chris Wilson like, and said, you know, obviously the man coverage is working. The secondary looks good, but when you're trying to help the offense out and flip the field and pull turnovers, do you consider playing more zone, trying to let guys get their eyes in the backfield and try to pick off some passes and set things up for the offense? And he had a short answer. He said, see it thrown, see it caught. Um, and obviously that means like he's, he's locked into playing that man coverage. What do you think of all that, Matt? And, and would you consider flipping over and playing a little bit more zone, trying to create some plays? No, I'm, I'm not a huge believer in zone defense because you can't decleat people anymore. So mm. it, when the dummy quarterback throws the ball into the hole 15 years ago and you can rip the dude's head off, well, I'm all about zone coverage at that point. But now you have to let him catch it. So I'm not with zone coverage mm -hmm. if we have to let him catch the ball or I'm going to get kicked out for tackling him. But I, I look, I'm a huge believer that if the corners and the safeties and the linebackers know how to break on, on the throw and they know what's coming because they've been taught, then, you know, they'll be in position to make plays. But it, it take, the, like getting a turnover, it takes so many things to go your way. You know, the quarterback has to fuck up and throw it somewhere probably shouldn't have, and then somebody's got to make a play. And mm -hmm. they've had opportunities in damn near every game to have multiple turnovers, and they either don't jump on the fumbles or they drop the picks. So mm -hmm. when the plays are made, they've got – when the plays are there, they have to make them. But I, I'm not saying that they shouldn't run some kind of, like, zone adjustment or whatever, but I, I don't know if just changing zone to man is going to force more turnovers. They're – Offense, offensive football teams against CU know that if, as long as they don't fuck up, they're going to win. So I'd imagine the majority of the game plans against Colorado is relatively vanilla. Like, let's run the ball, control time possession. They will beat themselves eventually, give us a short field, which they do constantly. And we score 20 points and the game's over. Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I think that especially because obviously it's working. Like, like the coverage has been good. The, the numbers aren't great, mostly because of that last game where Drake London just, it, it didn't matter if you were covering him or not. Yep. He was going Pretty to go good. catch the ball. So I, I'm, I'm with you, but I don't know. It's, it's at least a talking point and been short on those for a few weeks. Um, Let's go win a football game, man. And, yep. and then we have something actually to, to talk about as we move forward. Yep. And I think the tough part is like, they need to show us how they win a football game. Because right now it's it's hard for me to sit here and say, oh, the path to a victory is this. I guess what it is is obviously the defense being great, but like Broussard just running for 250 yards is, is the path to victory. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't care if they throw the ball at all. If they, there's absolutely no reason why they can't line up and block correctly with five or six different run run schemes and get four yards a pop, bro. 
Mm-hmm. Like this is college football. We're not. This is not the NFL where they can load the box and you're not running the ball. So, I mean, come on. The creativity part of this has to be included in the in the player part. It can't just be like, oh, players move people, run ball. It just doesn't fucking work like that. So, the the coaches have got to put them in position to be successful, and they're not, Henry. They don't, and they're not. And and that's like, it look. There's certain times when I'm like coaching and I'm just like, that's the end of the conversation. And that's the end of the conversation. Like it's, you're either going to man up and move people this weekend and buy into what they're coaching, regardless of if it's shitty or not, and make it work or you lose to Arizona and see how shitty it gets after that dog. People will literally give up. I agree. Um, I think that does it for today. We'll do this again next week, hopefully after a Buffs win. <laughs> and hopefully we're talking about how uh, we think they're going to beat Cal. And Amen. Hopefully. We'll see. Thanks yeah. for jumping Go on, Max. We'll see you next week.